0: please pray with me. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Do lyrics ever stay with you? One song I find myself continually drawn to is a 2011 single, Shake It Out, released ahead of Florence Welch and her band, Florence and the Machines, second studio album, Ceremonials. In the writing process, Florence notes that she came to the studio that morning feeling stuck and that this song came to her from a place of remembering to shake yourself out, and things will end up okay. For me, some of the most poignant lyrics are as follows. I have been a fool and I've been blind. I can never leave the past behind. I can see no way, I can see no way. I'm always dragging that horse around. All of his questions, such a mournful sound. Tonight, I'm gonna bury that horse in the ground cause I like to keep my issues drawn. It's always darkest before the dawn. It's always darkest before the dawn gets me every time. Light is just on the other side of darkness. John's gospel begins with a prologue and in it is an, ast- an astonishing claim is made. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness and did not overtake it. Today's gospel lesson presents us with an interesting story. Tons of ink has been spilled discussing various positions about the condition of the blind man and what can be said about him. Things about sin, about blindness, both literal and metaphorical, about miracles, about how societies divide themselves, the barriers we erect for those not just like us, and so on and so forth. He is an outcast. He is forced by societal norms to live on the margins of society, Yet the most fundamental purpose of the story as it works in John's gospel is to illuminate, if you will, the essence of who Jesus is. The revelation comes from his own mouth. I am the light of the world. John has already told us this in the beginning, and we need always to remind ourselves that whenever Jesus utters the words, I am, we are meant to recall the sacred moment of self-revelation in Exodus chapter three, With Moses in the burning bush, when he asked, Whom shall I say sent me? The voice from the bush replies, I am who I am. You shall say, I am sent me to you. One of the first words God utters in the creation is light. Jesus says in the previous chapter of John, I am the light of the world. This pericope, however odd and complex it may seem, This story sheds light on just what it means, and what it means is justice for all people and the need to respect the dignity of every human being. In Victor Hugo's Les Miserables, the protagonist Jean Valjean is forever called by his prison number, 24601, a person reduced to a number. The stage version of the story depicts prisoner 24601 as a complex character. Is he a thief, plain and simple? Is he a victim of an unjust system? Is he a compassionate businessman and mayor, a benevolent stepfather, a valiant revolutionary of the Paris uprising of 1832, a compassionate liberator of his most persistent enemy, Inspector Javert, or in his very own words, is he, quote, no better and no worse than any other man? just as Hugo attempts to shed light on the complexities of post-revolutionary France, so the Jesus and John seeks to shed light on all sorts of conditions of humankind and the artificial and often arbitrary ways in which we treat others, especially others who are not like ourselves. The blind man is a figure not unlike 24601, That is, like the prisoner, the man is cast into a lifetime of darkness. He must be a beggar on the streets. Even the disciples believe the the man is blind because of his own or his parents' sin. Note here, though, that the man does not seek the healing. He is so marginalized that he does not even have a name. Jesus states that he is the light of the world, and as long as he is in the world, there is work to do. By giving the man sight, he brings light into his eyes and has forever changed the man's entire constitution. After Jesus restores the man's sight, he seeks to shed light on the real sin that exists in the world. For the man is not a victim of his own sin or that of his parents. Rather, he is the victim of an entrenched system of fear that declares some people unclean. We watch and we listen as all those people in societal institutions expected to support the man born blind just step away. They recoil, even though now he can see. His own parents disown him. The Pharisees chastise him. The neighbors pretend he is not the same man. All of these societal systems meant to be a support just collapse until the most astonishing moment when the blind man becomes not only his own advocate, but defends Jesus against all criticisms, as now he begins lecturing the Pharisees, the doctors of the law of Moses. He whose being has had no standing whatsoever in the community when the story begins is now the one who is exhorting them, the arbiters of religion, to see, to actually see the light of the world, world. The word that was with God and is God. Leave it to the humans to get it wrong, though. The miracle is not that the man can see. The scandal is not that the Sabbath has been broken. The miracle in one part is the fact that Jesus is the light of the world that can turn the darkness of the blindness and the darkness of rejection and persecution into light. But more than that, the story is meant to demonstrate that we can also be people of light. We too can turn darkness into light. Just as Jesus changed the life of the Samaritan woman that we heard about last week by giving her dignity, giving her purpose, and giving her a new identity, so then can the blind man be given a new lease on life simply by being himself, anyone The neighbors, his parents, the Pharisees, whomever, could have granted the blind man more purpose in life, made him more of an integral part of the community rather than writing him off as an outcast. It is Jesus who is the one who says, there is something you can do for me. The woman becomes one of the first evangelists. The blind man, too, becomes an evangelist and becomes a vocal advocate for God and a defender of Jesus, the light of the world. He now dares to step beyond the barriers the others created for him. St. Michael's, it is easy for us to see Jesus, to bask in the light and to reflect Jesus in the serenity of this church on Sunday. Yet we all know we cannot stay in these four walls. It is quite different to manifest Jesus in the complexities of life when your body aches, when the kids are screaming, when the budgets aren't balanced and projects are due, and when the traffic is jammed. But this is exactly where Jesus paused, stopped, saw people, and healed them. These ordinary places and those ordinary times are the places where God works in us. If the Samaritan woman at the well, the blind man, and 24601 can do God's work so effectively, what are we being called to do? What barriers are we willing to break down so that people like the woman, the man, and 24601 can be granted personhood? How can we become advocates for inclusion rather than exclusion? Looking at the world in which we live, there is not much time given for us to ask such questions. Yet Lent is a time that inspires us to do such a task. Because once Easter arrives, though, it is time to follow the examples of the blind man and the Samaritan woman. We too can be the light by following the light of the world. It might be dark all around us, but remember Easter is coming. And it's always darkest before the dawn. Amen.